Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your host today, Kevin, and uh, here with another interview-style episode, one I'm very excited for. Uh, I met these guys, our guests today, back in September at Haunted Screams Expo in Virginia. I saw their booth, went up to them, and bought. ended up buying a CD, a shirt, saw them perform an acoustic set there, and I've been a fan of theirs ever since. And... Uh, they're our guests today on the show, so I'd like to welcome Mr. Fang and the Dark Tones. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, everybody. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So good to have you guys on here. I've uh, when we started the podcast back in July, so I met you guys about two months after that, and I've uh, been hoping and anxiously awaiting getting you guys on the show ever since. So this is a, this is exciting. Well, we appreciate you having us on. Of course, of course. So, uh, real quick, uh, for people that are uh, just finding out about you guys, you want to introduce yourselves, your name, and what you guys do in the band? I am uh, Jacob Campbell. I am Mr. Fang, lead singer of the band and guitar player. I'm Don Rose. play the bass. And I'm Nathan Serrano, a.k.a. Nasty Nate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, welcome to the show, guys. Oh, so- man. <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah well welcome to the show guys it's uh it's a real treat to uh have you guys on like i said a big fan of your music uh, ever since we met back in september happy to talk to you guys today just about all things uh horror and the band itself mr fang and the dark tones uh so every time we get a new guest on the show we always begin the same way and that's just talking about what your guys's intro to uh horror was like actually because obviously looking at the aesthetic of the band and the music horror is a big influence on you guys i can tell so uh let's just open up the floor a little bit what was your guys intro into horror what got you into this type of uh type of genre um i think we all had kind of our different roads on getting there for me personally um it was my family i grew up with a very kind of pop culture oriented family and my parents were uh children of the 80s so um, 80s slasher films like the Freddy Krueger series, Friday the 13th, the Halloweens, um, and how they got me into it was definitely, I was at a little bit of a younger age. I was definitely, I did get scared of the 80s slasher stuff pretty easily as a child. <laughs> um, so my parents took a different approach to get it in, get me into it since uh, I was having nightmares and stuff about uh, Freddy getting me in my sleep. And, um, and I got into it through the universal horror because that was still it was still spooky and macabre and i guess gothic would also be appropriate for that style of horror and um that's what i fell in love with and then as i got older and started exploring on my own that was kind of my brief personal road into how i got into horror awesome uh, I was always really into, you know, the dark and uh, spooky things from a really young age, just kind of anything that and uh, any sort of movie or anything that kind of had any sort of vampire mummy or witch in it just had my utter attention and uh, just always been into it wherever I came across it. So when I, you know, found music that, you know, it could just be about that entire subject matter. It's um. I got way into it. I like all the movies, any slasher flicks, um, the classic movies, the, uh, oh, and I like to read, you know, the horror too. Sure. Um, sure. Any sort of stories and stuff. Yeah. Love it all. Awesome. And, uh, 
I, I started watching like horror. I think the first movie I ever watched was Halloween. And uh, that's, that fucking scared the shit out of me. <laughs> right here. I was actually right here. And I was like maybe about six years old or something, maybe five. And, and I saw, I bet that music scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, I started getting, my grandmother got me into like, you know, House on Haunted Hill, you know, like House of Wax, like Vincent Price films. And, um, you know, uh, I would say like Abbott Costello meets Frankenstein type stuff. You know, I was into that. You know, I was into like comedy horror. And then, you know, slasher films, like 80 slasher films were really cool. Like B, B movie rated stuff, you know, like stuff that's like underrated, but, you know, badass. You know, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, I'm a lot of stuff. Like, hey, I'm I'm actually digging the Terrifier poster behind you. Now. I know, right? Cool. That's one of my favorite yeah, recent yeah. ones. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah man. man! I'm into a lot of stuff. You know, like horrors, like been our, like been a thing of mine. You know, since I was a little boy. So you know, yeah. I mean, it's always been a attraction. But you know, to find a band to like play a kind of music is pretty badass. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, so we, and that's such, that's awesome that you guys come from, you know, various backgrounds with horror. And I've always said on the, on the show, when we've talked to different people that horror, when you're at a certain age and you get into the genre, it's like, it becomes this forbidden fruit type thing where you like, you find something that sticks with you, scares you, unsettles you, makes you happy, whatever. And then from there, you're kind of chasing that going forward. You're like, oh, I want more. I want more. It's that adrenaline. It's that, that terror and then you're almost trying to one up that initial scare slash fascination. So that's uh, yeah. that's awesome that you guys uh, have such different interests. And then, uh, so I'd imagine it's uh, a similar dynamic with uh, with the band and you know how you guys got into music. So for again, for each of you, what was your uh, what was your intro to uh, music like? Because I've I've seen videos of you guys play. I've seen you guys play live. It seems like you guys. Uh, have some pretty serious musical backgrounds with the skills I've seen from you guys. So what was each of your intro like for, uh, for music? Um, I guess for me, uh, again, it, it comes back to my family with, uh, my parents being children of the eighties. Uh, they were really into like eighties punk rock and eighties hardcore. So I grew up listening to bands like the clash, the dead Kennedys, sex pistols, no effects, things of that nature. A lot of punk rock, um, music, and then the older I got and the more I kind of started finding that musical identity, having punk rock there definitely had that immediate attachment to like teenage angst and things of that nature. And then I started delving into things like Elvis Presley. And then that kind of opened the door to bands like the Stray Cats and Reverend Horton Heat and the Necromantics and Coffin Cats, all these like rockabilly and psychobilly style bands and 1950s rockabilly. And then the more like modern uh, psychobilly kind of stuff that also had this kind of macabre horror element to band, like the bands like the Horror Pops and Necromantics. And I just fell in love with that. It was kind of this combination of all these different styles of music that I love, whether it was the 1950s rock and roll rockabilly stuff, punk rock, and then adding in the horror element to it. And I've played instruments since I was 13. Um, and it really just kind of grew from there into what the band is now or at least where i'm at now with the band sure Uh, (laughs) i um yeah i was always into like rock and metal and stuff when i was younger 
um which a lot of that music actually has like the you know dark and spooky influences sometimes like in the subject matter so those are like the songs that i tend to latch on to you know but um that being said i always liked uh you know listening to the guitar solos and melodies and stuff and it always really intrigued me and i really wanted to play guitar so when i was like uh like 12 or 13 or something i ended up like lying to my science teacher saying that like yeah i knew how to play guitar this that and the other but i didn't have one and he ended up just giving me his old guitar and an amp setup and everything and i just tried to teach myself every ever since from that point on and uh yeah took some like a guitar class in high school but that was pretty much it and then just you know i knew that that was what i really wanted to do guitar bass anything similar like that i just loved you know playing it and there we go. Oh, wait, yeah. Musical influences and stuff, like coming from like the, you know, rock and metal and stuff, it's kind of easy to move into like country and, or, you know, even start getting into like blues or all of the old, old music and stuff. And uh, like you realize that a lot of the songs back then kind of had a, like an eerie kind of feel to them and stuff, you know, because they had to appeal to all different sorts of like moods. And, um, yeah, you can just find like a little bit of anything or a little bit of something you like in any type of music. I come realize for sure. For sure. Well, I mean, I, I started playing music. Well, I started getting into music when I was like a little kid, you know, my dad is a, you know, drummer, you know, our manager, um, you know, big daddy, he, he, uh, got me into like kiss, you know, kiss was like my, my number one favorite band, like, Elvis and Kiss, Alice Cooper, um, you know, Hanoi Rocks, stuff, guys like that. And, you know, I mean, I've been like very diverse, you know, I listen to like a lot of like country, you know, like like old stuff, you know, like Ernest Tubb and um, Hank Williams and stuff like that. Uh, I started listening to like um, rap when I was like a kid, you know, like 80s rap, you know, like NWA and all that stuff. So it's like it's, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I've been playing like drums since I was like maybe five. You know, I started playing drums when I was five. Um, you know, we, we were act- we actually were just rehearsing in our garage, my garage. Actually, so. <laughs> yeah, man, we were like, we, I'm sweating my ass off right now. <laughs> well, I appreciate you know, I, I appreciate you braving that storm to come on the show. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's been, yeah, I mean, like this kind of music, you know, it, it's something I've always been wanting to play. You know, I mean, I've always wanted to do like horror punk, but not, uh, I never thought I would be in, like a rockabilly band. You know, so it's like it's. This like this style of music, it's fun, you know, and I I feel a lot of energy, you know, when I'm playing. So it's like I, I can do like all my little stick trick stuff, you know, and it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, music's just been like my 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 thing. I'll probably I'll probably die playing music, you know. Much like we said with the horror and forbidden fruit, it's just that thing that continues to grow. You want to consume more, and you're inspired by uh, anything that you take in. So that's uh. That's that's so awesome, and uh, so you know, coming from all these different musical backgrounds, how did uh, how did this uh, this band come together? How did uh, Mister Fang get started? So I started the band back in, I guess, officially starting the band back in 2019. Um, I had been playing music forever. I'd been playing the style of music, this kind of mix of like surf rock and rockabilly and punk rock in various different bands since I was a teenager, and of course, you know, as all most musicians, uh, and myself definitely included, you always want to, you know, you look up to these people who have this artistic ability to write all these different feelings and emotions and vibes. So I, of course, wanted to write my own music. And um, 
so I started, of course, writing songs and this vein of all of this mix of these genres that I love. And I started noticing this theme that they all kind of had this spooky or kind of tongue in cheek macabre element to it. Um, I mean, you talked about the CD earlier, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one that comes off to mind off of that was the green woman from outer space. Um, I wrote that song probably two or three years before the band was even formed. Oh, wow. So I had this small little collection of songs that were kind of leaning in this vein. And I, um, you know, looking like all the artwork that I collect is like all the, especially the vintage universal horror, um, 50 sci-fi horror posters, all, all this kind of artwork just surrounds me constantly. And so I guess almost subconsciously, it was just kind of like coming out in that way. And I realized like what I was just naturally doing and decided to pursue it. And of course, listening to bands that do similar things like the misfits, um, blitz kid, the necromantics, the horror pops that all have this element to it. And, uh, you know, just kind of following along that in the best way that I could, but also doing it, what I hope to be slightly original and on my own take <laughs> and not just copying what other people are doing. Sure. Um, and then the band went through several lineups. Um, you know, I had a, a drummer before Nate, we had a bassist before Donald and it just kind of went through these evolutionary changes until I found lineup that i absolutely love and am the happiest with and now with this lineup i think we're making the best music that i've ever written and their contributions to it um and i mean we've gotten to tour the east coast now we get to do all these horror conventions and movie conventions all over you know up and down the east coast now and it's just branching out and getting bigger and better and part of that is one just really diving into this and saying this is what i'm gonna do and this is what i want to do and then finding of course the absolute right people that um want to that love it as much as i do and just want to grow and have fun and do the best that we can with it absolutely no that's uh that's uh it's always the best feeling when you when you start to write music and then you kind of find that that right vibe with uh with friends that come into it because once you hit that creative spark with other people, it's like you're on cloud nine from there and it kind of just builds up the creativity that much more. And uh, I would have to agree, you guys are putting out some incredible music. I uh, have lost track of how many times I've listened to the EP. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy that you guys are making the music that you guys are making. So that's, uh, that's a great story. What's that? Got some new material coming up, so you know you're, you're going to be surprised, man. It's going to be good. Hell yeah, hell yeah! I cannot wait. Yeah, we got a new EP that should be ready actually within, if all things go well, within the next uh, couple weeks. Awesome, awesome. So when you when you were talking about the the kind of the horror vibe and like the the visual aspect that you guys have to the band, and I know Jacob, you were saying that uh, when you started writing, you were kind of noticing that. Uh, all the songs had that eerie, creepy horror vibe to them, and that kind of became the the band. And but when you when you had the idea for the band, was there anything in the back of you know any of any of you three's mind about having that type of visual aspect to the band, even if it wasn't necessarily horror? Do you think there was a, a conscious effort to put like a visual aspect to the band? Oh, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, whenever I started the band. Um, whenever I like made that conscious decision, like this is what I'm doing, I'm going to start this horror themed rock and roll band. Um, right off the bat, I knew that I wanted to do a visual aspect to it because 
one, it's just so much fun. I mean, I've been to Comic Cons, you know, growing up, and of course, watching all these movies and seeing all these, you know, creatures or characters that just get to be this almost unimaginable thing. Um, and I mean, that's one reason why they're scary because they're just so unimaginable. <laughs> um, you know, and just just absolutely loving the aesthetic of things like that. And 100% knew that there was going to be the a uh, visual aspect to the band that wasn't just, you know, a bunch of guys up on stage wearing other band t-shirts and torn up jeans, strumming on <laughs> guitars that everybody sees at every, you know, venue or dive bar that has bands. Um, and of course that comes back to all these different things. I wanted it to kind of, be over the top almost and larger than life. And I mean, you saw us live at the, uh, the scarce that care con and, um, or haunted screams, whichever one it was. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. They all blend together. Yeah. Over yeah. Time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had like, you know, there's that red sparkle jacket with the skulls mm-hmm. embroidered. on. It. Um, you know, uh, my instruments definitely reflect that too. And of course, all the guys have brought in their own elements to it, um, you know, and they get to come up with their own stage costumes. And it's just always so cool to see what they do and how it's evolved with them <laughs> over the years. Cause for all of us, the costumes have almost taken on, I don't want to say a life of their own, but it's definitely an evolving thing as, you know, it's kind of like over the years, like, Oh, this would be cool to add to it. And, you know, just little pieces. Cause it didn't all start with one go. It definitely was, over the years of the band growing and um, being able to add to it more and more. Sure. Sure. Now that's incredible. And uh, Don and Nate, when you, uh, when you guys came on board with the band and you guys started incorporating the, the visual elements coming from the horror background and your music background, was it, uh, and you, with you guys getting to create your own, your own stage characters, what did that come pretty naturally because of your backgrounds or did you find any, any challenges with, with diving on in? I, um, I, my favorite part of Halloween was always just dressing up. So I was pretty mad when I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> told me I couldn't do that anymore. So I pretty much jumped at the opportunity to be able to do it almost, you know, at least monthly. But yeah, every time we have a show, pretty often. So yeah, like, I mean, I like, I, I mean, I started just wearing like eyeliner, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it just like, I, I, you know, I'm in like Wednesday 13 and like kissed and stuff like that, you know? So, so it's like, I, I started like creating like s- sort of like a character that, you know, I mean, I can, I can feel comfortable in, you know, it's kind of like my alter ego, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I try to, I try to, you know, become that, you know, but I mean, it's kind of hard to become that when you're just like yourself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know i mean i i just I, I mean i like you know the horror aspect of the band you know it's so much fun you know i mean like me and like me and jacob like we've been friends for years you know and you know th- this was like a talk like you know when i first met him you know so it was like when he when he called me up i was like dude i'm down I'm like <laughs> I'm like i've been I, i've been like, like you know on a dry spell and not playing drums for like God knows how long, and then, you know, I finally get that call. I'm like, hell yeah, well, let's go. <laughs> there we go. So, That's awesome. Know, it's definitely evolved over, yeah. over the years. So it's, de- it's definitely been so badass. It's like, like and I, I never thought I'd be playing like horror cons and like you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, I mean, like I start. I think my first con I ever went to was like in 
uh, SuperCon, which is now GalaxyCon. And that was like 2018. And I've been in love with cons ever since, dude. So it's like, you know, you know I mean, like Haunted, Haunted Screams Expo, that was badass. That was fun. Yeah, that was uh, a fun one. <laughs> No, that's cool. That's uh, that's kind of a dream come true that you guys got to mesh these two loves that you have and they got to become this one creative outlet for you guys. And uh, it seems like a lot of people are really embracing it. I even saw uh, around the time of Haunted Screams that um, the uh, the pinhead actor that was there uh, yeah. gave you guys a shout out as well with your uh, with your music. Yeah, no, that was super cool. It was super surprising. I mean, just unexpected. Um, you I. I don't know if you guys met him or not, but, um, you know, I did. And he was just super sweet, super kind. Um, He heard the acoustic set from his booth whenever I went over and met him and uh, was just being beyond awesome. And then, uh, you know, I woke up the next day and he was uh, tagging me and my significant (laughs) other and talking about the band and um, really promoting it. And it was just it was just super cool. And especially that, you know, these big name people, you know, actual you know, stars and famous people for lack of any other way to put it, <laughs> you know, that get to be actual like horror movie monsters and elements and vibes within this genre have also, they're starting to pay attention to it and really appreciate it from a different artistic outlook that isn't just getting up on screen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which Patrick being there, that was, that was awesome. You know, like, that was a dream come true. Eddie Munster. I mean, like, mm-hmm. holy shit. <laughs> you know, Aguilar car there, you know, I mean, I mean, it was so much cool. It, it, it was like a dream come true. I've been watching the Munsters since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, you know, that's what this band's kind of like, sounds like a little, a little bit, you know, we kind of get that vibe. You know, I, I actually, that popped into my head because I, I watched the, uh, the new Munsters when it came out uh, yeah. last fall. And I was kind of like, if they released you know, a if they released a soundtrack, man, Mr. Fang could be all over this soundtrack and do the music for this. So actually my favorite part of the, of the new one was uh, when Herman was playing in his like spooky rock and roll band. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, that's my favorite song on the soundtrack. So good. Yeah. We're, uh, we're massive Rob zombie fans here on, on the podcast. We thought he did a stellar job with that. And Daniel Roebuck, I don't know if you guys got to meet him at the con too, but he was a, uh, again, super, super nice guy. Right, yeah, man. Love yeah, him. Yeah, he took one of the CDs. Uh, we talked to him, um, I mean, for a good while, being since we had a booth there, yeah. you know, we got a chance to kind of like hang out with him that wasn't just like a, a fan coming to see him. So it's not that there's anything wrong with that, and I definitely don't want to put that down, but just having that different approach, you know, kind of a artist-to-artist approach, and, you know, we're both there working kind of thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. It was almost like a weekend of being co-workers with all those other like <laughs> uh, movie people and stuff like that. And yeah, we probably chatted with Daniel Roebuck for, I don't know, all together, probably a good two hours or so. It was just little spots here and there. And then as it started to wind down, um, we probably spent a good 45 minutes to an hour just chatting with him. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's yeah, a... I, I, went to, I went to like Monster Mania out in Maryland and he was there and I hung out with him and that was that was some good, good shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That's yeah, that's yeah. definitely a con I need to get to is Monster Mania. Oh yeah, man! They got one in uh, Hunts Valley, Maryland. That's the one. I'm, the next one I'm going to. Awesome. We the next one I'll be at is uh, Mad Monster in uh, in North Carolina, which seems to be another one of the big boys when it comes oh, to uh, yeah. cons. So we're excited for 
for that one there. We're uh, going to meet Mr. Freddy Krueger himself, which should be fun. <laughs> I'll let him, man. Robert England. Robert yeah, England. Dude, great guy. He actually has a copy of our CD, actually. So Nice, yeah. nice. Tell him, uh, I said, what's up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, so we going back to the the visual aspect of the band for a second. I uh, as I was kind of prepping to talk to you guys, I feel like in the music, like overall music nowadays, I'm actually seeing a lot more bands break into the mainstream having that visual aspect, and it really seems like something that's pushing bands forward. Because like you guys were saying, like there's only so many times we can get into the same artist wearing ripped up jeans and and t-shirts or singing breakup songs or, you know, catchy pop songs. I feel like nowadays people are craving something more. And I feel like, uh, it's having a visual aspect just makes it that much better. And the two bands that come to my mind most recently are, uh, one of them being sleep token. If you guys have heard of, of them recently. And then, uh, of course, uh, probably the big one everyone knows is ghost. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Ghost would be right up there. Um, another one that would definitely be a direct influence on me, coming from this kind of like 50s doo-wop rockabilly vibe, would be Twin Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and you see that kind of that wave as music evolves and changes. I mean, in the late 90s and early 2000s, I would say would be another big explosion of that with coming back to someone you just mentioned, Rob Zombie and mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson. Um, and of course, in say like the 70s, you uh Nate mentioned being a big fan of Kiss, yeah, um, yeah, Kiss and Alice Cooper. So it's uh, it's cool that you know it always goes through these waves, but there's definitely that there's definitely an element in music where people just want to really see a show sometimes when they see a band, and having those bands that can provide that that niche. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so with your guys' visual aspect, you guys obviously have the the freedom to kind of change up your appearances, change your productions a little bit as you go forward. Is there uh, Are there certain goals in mind where you want to take the, the visual aspect of the band, like as far as music videos or stage production goes? Are there any particular goals in mind with what you guys are doing with that part of the band? Yeah, we've gotten to play with that, especially over the past year. Um, you know, we had a lot of props being used in this past year. Um, and a lot of standard stuff that you see even just regular bands use, you know, um, trying to really utilize lights if the venues have them. And, of course, with what we're investing into the band with our own equipment, fog machines, um, and, of course, the costumes will always be, I think, really heavy driving force for us, all of our individual costumes. Um, and then, um, you know, just various... In short, yes, I, I definitely do want to... Uh, add more and see how it can grow and there definitely are ideas that we have cooking to get to that point mm-hmm. and um, it's really just pushing ourselves to get there sure sure well i've seen uh, you guys have got to open for some pretty incredible you know national touring acts in in your career so far um, so i'm i'm sure that's pretty inspiring uh, yeah, for you guys TV. yep yep that was one that came to oh, mind absolutely especially when we do yeah, especially when we do open for ones like Wednesday 13, um, we open for Doyle, who, of course, um, from the Misfits, mm-hmm. for uh, the fans and listeners that are familiar with that, that might also be into the whole horror music thing, um, Aesthetic Perfection, for all the industrial and goth kids that might be listening to, um, <laughs> you know, and then uh, Davy Suicide, yeah, who Davey is also Suicide, touring yeah. with um, The Funeral Portrait, who we've actually gotten to become personal friends with, which is really cool. And so, yeah, there's definitely 
and watching all of them do what they do because i mean they're just all masters at their craft whenever you get to that level um i've always said that there are people who get big that genuinely deserve it and a lot of the people that we opened up for this past year whether we were traveling and opening up for people on our own tour or opening up for guys coming to our local area that we get to support um you know those guys are up at that level because they're that good yeah and um just seeing them perform and of course the visual aspect behind it is just absolutely unreal yeah absolutely absolutely and uh like i said i'm i'm super super stoked for you guys that you've gotten to you know achieve so many milestones in in your career so far and uh you know we've you've talked about the bands and the artists that have influenced you and uh you know, we were talking earlier about like when it comes to music, Don, you brought up a good point that you when you play music, especially any music you take in tends to bleed out into what comes out of you, you know, musically at some point. So are there any particular artists for any three of you that uh, that if we if someone is introduced to Mr. Fang in the dark tones, they kind of get okay. they like the Misfits, they like Elvis, they like the 50s rockabilly type stuff. Are there any artists that you guys can think of that maybe people wouldn't guess for you? Because I know that for for me personally, because I do like in my own area, I do like acoustic singer songwriter stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. people are always shocked when I'm like, "Well, my favorite band is uh, Motionless and White, and uh, I like the the heavier, <laughs> <laughs> darker, like angry lyrics." And they're like, "Huh, never would have guessed that from your light, pretty acoustic music." Yeah, that's awesome. Whenever you can. Uh, be- you know, really take people take you know the influences and then have your own artistic outlook on it that's very different as opposed to just kind of copying pasting what's already happened um i mean at the beginning of the band everybody automatically assumed at least on, on my individual level for myself um you know misfits wednesday 13 blitz kid things of that nature which definitely all plays a very heavy role in the influence of the band but whenever I tell people that my biggest influence to pick up and start playing music at all is people like Brian Setzer from the Stray Cats, Elvis Presley, um, you know, we all had mentioned uh, country at some point. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Ernest Hub fan and then Farron Young. Um, <laughs> you know, when I tell people that those are my real influences that were like the reason like that when I heard their music, I was like, I want to play music. It was artists like that. Mm-hmm. And then they see me doing this like spooky, uh, you know, horror <laughs> punk uh you know kind of gory vampire thing they're like how did you get from elvis presley to to this <laughs> you know <laughs> and then of course opens up the three hour long uh can of worms of how i explain my musical journey <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i love that uh don nate what do you guys think any uh any artists that pop into your head specifically that uh people might be shocked to or shocked rocky or surprised rocky erickson man there we go i mean he R.I.P. Dude, <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, like all sorts of things. So, like, what comes to mind, I guess, is like what I always really, what got me into music was like just the '80s shredders and stuff. Anybody just playing guitar really fast and you know, just kind of anything <laughs> crazy like that it made me start paying attention to anything. So, like, uh, like Paul Gilbert and uh, like Jason Becker and stuff like that. It was just like, it kind of blew my mind and made me like, not just think music was like kind of a background thing that's like just kind of always there. Cause you know, I kind of feel like I took it for granted. So I guess the next question I had, uh, was, you know, I, I told you guys earlier, the rock and roll monsters EP 
Absolutely love it. Jam it constantly. It's one of my favorites at this point. Um, super excited for new music. Um, going forward, uh, what can we expect uh, style-wise from new music with uh, Mr. Fang and the Dark Tones? Because I know that uh, when you guys were at the con, you were playing, um, I think it was a newer song, uh, Zombified. Yeah. 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 Uh, So that's going to be coming out on the new EP actually. And, uh, the acoustic version as fun as that was, doesn't really do that song justice. (laughs) Um, it's definitely got kind of all the Mr. Fang elements. It's rockabilly and psychobilly. It's kind of fun and tongue in cheek. The lyrics are gory and monstery and horror, but also, you know, there's some funniness to it and some silliness to it. Um, but it's definitely a little bit faster, a little bit heavier um, than I would say the Rock and Roll Monsters EP. I think that's definitely a direction that probably the next couple releases that we're looking at might go is actually a little bit heavier. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't songs definitely more in that vibe similar to what the songs are on Rock and Roll Monsters, but... We definitely went through this writing spell where we tended to get a little bit meaner, a little bit heavier, um, but it was fun, you know. And a little bit evil, a little bit darker. You know? <laughs> you're just following. You're following the where horror's been at lately, where we're getting a lot of lot more darker psychological stuff. Yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, soon we'll be able to have a good uh, cosmic horror there film we go. come out. <laughs> That's awesome. And you, uh, I saw on your, uh, on your YouTube channel, you guys have even played with, uh, other styles. Like, uh, one song I saw that you guys played a while back was, uh, was it, uh, Back Tunnel Train? Yes. You guys did for, <laughs> for one of your performances. So, uh, that song is actually another one that predates the band itself. Um, so, uh, that song predates the band. It's kind of this, like, upbeat rockabilly country kind of vibe i was um really influenced by like artists like uh johnny cash or uh, jerry lee lewis kind of vibe and um then uh it's not a horror song either it's so it's a little bit of a break from our usual shtick it's actually a a very dirty song it's a (laughs) the entire song is a sexual innuendo without saying a single dirty word the whole time (laughs) (laughs) and um so for us, it's also kind of like a little bit of a break, but again, for us and the audience, because it's not just this complete grind of horror being beat into your face. So it's also, you know, a nice just little bit of change of pace, too, that, yeah. you know, trying to be more than just completely predictable and one dimensional sure. as an artist. Awesome. And uh, do you think that uh, going forward, you've got the the classic Mr. Fang sound with songs like Zombified. Do you think uh, some of those styles that you guys might just do for fun on the side might find their way into some Mr. Fang music at some point? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would love to do an EP of um, some songs that I think the horror element will always be there and to a certain degree almost have to be there, Mm -hmm. but definitely some that are just a little bit different from again almost the predictability of what you might expect from a band like us mm-hmm. um again you know you saw us doing an acoustic set like one thing about us is we actually have a handful of instrumental songs that are very much inspired by the early 60s surf rock style uh so artists like dick dale and the ventures and things of that nature just for examples and those are normally like set openers or they are openers actually to lead into other songs with how they're structured um and so 
we haven't recorded any of those. So, you know, I've, <laughs> I've had this idea that there might actually be a completely instrumental Mr. Fang, you know, EP oh. or CD or album at one point of just this collection of these uh, kind of more surfy, almost movie track inspired songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like another musical influence on me real quick, just to stab it in there, just for an idea of where I'm coming from would be like spaghetti westerns like good band the ugly the fistful of dollars trilogy where it's almost setting a mood mm-hmm. hell yeah but there's no word spoken right. or said that's awesome yeah the uh what's funny is uh as a horror fan as well the older i get the more i find i'm actually influenced by scores that you hear in movies especially horror movies so like Obviously, the big one people probably think of is like John Carpenter and the way he knows how to set a tone with his with his films and the scores that he puts in there. And I'm like, you know, I'd like to, you know, looking at a guitar, it's like I'd like to find chords that kind of fit that that eerie vibe that John Carpenter has or, um, you know, something like that Nightmare on Elm Street uh, score that we have. Um, so that's, I, I would be all about hearing a, a Mr. Fang in, instrumental EP. So I definitely hope that, uh, that that sees the light of day sometime soon. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I mean, that would be really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah. Elevator music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Spooky elevator <laughs> music. I love it. <laughs> so there's just moss right in the <laughs> damn elevator. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, uh, you know, you guys were talking about the Haunted Scream Expo uh, performance and uh, my my one of my go to favorite memories with that. And uh, this is uh, something that I got to praise Don and all of you guys for was I remember when you guys did that performance, you guys were having a little bit of technical difficulties with trying to get uh, the bass to plug in and then uh, just, you know, trying to trying to mic up some stuff. And uh you guys were champions you rolled with it and you still made the show incredible and uh mr don over there just took his bass off stage unplugged and just walked around the crowd playing the bass along to the songs that you guys did and i was like okay these guys are these guys are showmen and they know what they're doing yeah, the, it, I thought I thought it was pretty cool, you know. I mean, like I kind of felt like like ZZ Top and ba- Back to the Future Three, you know. <laughs> like when I had that drum on, dude. Like uh-huh. that was like it was pretty badass, you know. Yeah, I man. Like, I was thinking about it, you know. But then I was like, you know, maybe I should bring my electric drum kit or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's one of the things. I mean, the cliche goes, you know, the show must go on, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know, just just roll with the punches. I mean, we've all been playing music. You know, so long and so many different bands before this and even outside of this on some side projects and stuff like that that we all have and you know whenever you're playing live you just can't stop mm-hmm. you just gotta roll with it yeah mm. exactly and uh like i said that's just a, a testament of how professional you guys are how much you care about the music you're making and just the the you know the fact that you guys are great showmen you know how to work a crowd you know how to write good music and, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of big things on the on the horizon for you guys. And uh, I want to just say thank you as we sort of start to bring it on home. I just want to say thank you guys for the music that you're making. I think that you guys are doing something that we don't see a whole lot anymore. And I think you guys with the visuals and the music are bringing something something new to, to music. And uh, I definitely hope more people's ears are turned in your guys' uh, directions uh, going forward because I think you guys are... Gonna go on to do great things. 
No, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, very much appreciate it. Of course, of course. Can't wait to scare the hell out of you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be all about it, man. So uh, as we sort of uh, bring it on home, I just have a couple more uh, quick points here. You've talked about, you know, new music and, you know, new um, CDs coming. So overall, what's what's next for for Mr. Fang? Where do we where do we go from here? We got new music coming out. Any more music videos or tours coming up? What what's what's coming up? So yeah, we definitely. I mean, we got most of our 2023 calendar booked out already. Um, you have this new CD and EP, um, which of course will also be available digitally, just like our current one is now. Um, you know, wherever you like to stream music, it's just uh, <laughs> nothing like self promotion. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, you know, of course, we have the one music video out that's also from uh, one of the songs on the EP. A new music video for this upcoming EP is definitely um, being thrown around right now and in the works and in the plan book for 2023. Um, we got a ton of horror conventions that we're already booked for. <laughs> um, we got other shows that we're booked for as far as, you know, our own headlining shows, whether they're in our local home area or opening up for other um, more national level touring acts. Uh, we're already working on this October's tour coming up. We already got a few dates from that confirmed, which will be in early October this year. So yeah, overall 2023 is panning out to be another uh, horrific year for Mr. Fang and the dark tones. <laughs> and it's going <laughs> to absolutely just like last year, it's actually panning out even bigger and better than what last year was or the previous year before that. So it's just, you know, since we have this growing establishment, it's also making it easier to get that because now we're not having to explain that we're like this weird like mix of like <laughs> Elvis and Dracula and the Misfits kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, people just are now starting to understand it, and um, you know, it's just really cool. And of course, the work that our who uh, our booking agent and manager Big Daddy Productions does for us, which of course who you talk to to um, get us on here and everything. So yeah, it's all it's all panning out. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm sure uh, 2023 it's going to be the year of Mr. Fang and the Dark Tone. So I am very excited for everything that you guys have uh, coming up. And uh, I've you know been ever since meeting you guys and and getting into your music. I've uh, I've shared it with like you know on on Facebook. We're all in you know horror groups and you know music groups and stuff like that. I've shared your music with you know music fans and horror fans, and everybody always says the same thing that these guys are doing something really cool, something really different, and we see them going far so uh i think people are catching on and i think it's going to be a great year for you guys so uh i want to thank you again for coming on here and talking with us at midnight terrors and uh with talking with uh your manager chris and and big daddy productions we are actually gonna leave uh the episode with playing uh green woman from outer space uh at the end of the episode so that now that people have listened to you guys and gotten to know you that uh they can just dive on into your music and really get down to the nitty gritty with it. So uh, you, we mentioned that song before, Green Woman from Outer Space. Uh, what are uh, what are some of the films that uh, that came to mind when you guys were writing, when you were writing that one? Um, so for me, that was all completely influenced by like 50s B-movie and sci-fi movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, comes into that kind of tongue-in-cheek element where it's like spooky and kind of vibey and groovy, but it's also not, too serious because that's another thing with the band is like we're not getting up on stage and like being like we're actually vampires you need to be (laughs) terrified 
us. It's you yeah. know we're we're getting up there and having fun with it, which is kind of almost the vibe of any horror film. You know, no matter how serious the film will be, what's more iconic than you taking a date to go see a horror film? Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of this almost relaxing kind of time. You get a few jump scares. You have fun with it. You know, that's almost uh, one of the key elements to horror that I think almost slightly, depending on who you ask, gets overlooked or maybe not. I. Th- <laughs> you know, from individual person to individual person, it might vary, but, uh, you know, that's, at least for me, has always been a key element to anything horror or macabre, is that it's, that there is this fun element that has to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Nate, your, uh, your hands are moving on, <laughs> on this song, on Green Woman from Outer Space. Oh, yeah, man. You, <laughs> you come in right with that drum beat, and it is just go, go, go for, uh, for the rest oh, of yeah. the song, and then Jacob, you and you and Don with that that driving riff going through the whole song, uh, it's a it's a fun one. It's definitely, uh, I think definitely at yeah, I was gonna say I think at this point it's probably my favorite off the off the EP at the moment. It could change on any given day, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna. Billy, you're not the only person that's told us that. I think of all the songs that well, I mean, there's only three songs on that EP, but. Um, out of the ones that we chose to go on that that one was almost i don't want to say filler you know because we only had three songs on it we did kind of think carefully which ones we wanted to be on it but that one was you know if i'm being as honest as i can be i did not expect that one to get as much notoriety as the other two and that one by far for anyone who compliments the ep i think that one gets the most compliments out of all three songs that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's def- definitely a fun one. So I'm excited and honored to get to play it on the show. Of course, all copyright ownership goes to Mr. Fang and the Dark Tones, Big Daddy Productions, and all of their distribution. And uh, this is all just for the showcase of the talent. And uh, we're happy and grateful to be able to spin it on here again, Jacob, Nate, and Don. Thank you all for coming on the show today. We are super excited to talk to you guys. We hope to have you back on again sometime soon, maybe to talk some horror movies with us. You know, Uh, absolutely. I guess uh, before we go, I got a question for you. What's What's your favorite horror movie? All right, so (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So uh, this is uh, actually. For me, these days, kind of an easy answer because I actually have a tattoo of what my favorite horror movie is. So way back in like sixth grade, when I was maybe 11 years old, I stumbled across uh, a little little VHS cover. This was right before VHSs weren't a thing anymore. (laughs) And uh, it had uh, had this little creepy clown on it. And I saw the title and it was two letters and it said IT on it and it was this was you know 2004 so this was before the remake this is the Mm -hmm. the og tim curry classic of the 1990 version of it and i remember going to my parents saying like i really want to watch this i've heard it's super creepy and i remember i got a warning from my mom at the time who said uh okay you can watch it but don't watch it at night (laughs) so (laughs) i was like okay whatever mom so i wake up and it's like a rainy morning here in Charleston, South Carolina. It's like 7 a.m. This VHS is, this movie's so long because it's a TV movie. It's three hours. So it's two VHSs in one. And I wake up seven in the morning with a rainy day outside. And what am I going to do but watch it? 
And I got 30 seconds in where we first see him smile at the little girl and charge the camera. And I ran screaming out of the room. (laughs) And uh, I said, holy crap, this is so scary. And she's like, yeah, I told you. And I said, it's so scary. I'm going to go back and watch it again. (laughs) And uh, ever since then, um, that's been my favorite. And I have a, a little it tattoo on my arm. I got to do, because of GalaxyCon, I got to do a video chat with Tim Curry about two years ago. And I actually told him that story of how horror, my love for horror came from his work with, uh, with Pennywise. So, yeah. uh, ever since then, man, I'm a, I'm a diehard Pennywise fan. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, yeah, I met him, I met him like in, in person at GalaxyCon, man. Sweet guy, man. Oh, Very he is sweet. the nicest dude ever. Okay. Nicest dude ever. And, uh, so yeah, that that was the one that kind of broke down the barriers and uh, and brought me into the world of uh, the macabre and the horrific. So uh, very very grateful for that. Um, awesome. Well, uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. But before we do that, and before we spin the song "Green Woman from Outer Space" by Mister Fang in the Dark Tones, uh, if you guys want to take a minute to uh, plug your socials, plug your EP, um, any upcoming shows. I know you guys are. Uh, you guys are opening for uh, the Coffin Cats in uh, in like yep. another week or so. Um, yep, next week. Um, so, so yeah, um, you can follow Mr. Fang on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube. Then, of course, we're on all the streaming services for our EP. If you want to hear it there, YouTube Music, Spotify, Apple Music, um, iTunes, and essentially just name it and it's there <laughs> we went through all the steps to make sure it's out uh, digitally um you know and facebook and instagram are the two main social media outlets that we have right now and youtube of course um one of these days i'll stop being lazy and make a twitter and all the other <laughs> ones <laughs> um yeah and you know on all of our we also have a website uh now. Is that the yeah. website? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Close enough. <laughs> and we put up all of our shows there. So, yeah, our very first show for 2022 is going to be in Charlottesville, Virginia for a, um, a goth night. And then the very next day, we're actually going to be back home in Norfolk opening up for the touring Psychobilly Band, uh, the Coffin Cats, and their touring little package that they got going on. And then we got the rest of February off, and it picks back up in March. We're going to be hitting some cons starting in March. We're going to be hitting some uh, local shows. So, yeah, we definitely got a lot coming out. And if you follow us on social media or our website, we always update our schedule and promote all the upcoming shows so you can see when uh, Mr. Fang will be near you. There we go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show. all the best with everything that's coming up with new music and all the shows, hopefully some more tours. We definitely hope to see you down here in little old Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I will literally hand out flyers for you. I will use paper and hand out <laughs> flyers to get people to that show. Cause they will uh, never know what hit them. But I want to thank you guys again for your music, for everything that you do for coming on midnight terrors, this, this, uh, to do this interview with us. And, uh, we are going to leave our audience now with Green Woman from Outer Space uh, from Mr. Fang in the Dark Tones. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Get in touch with us at uh, Midnight Terrors Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com with any requests of movie pics or anything like that that you want to hear us talk about. And uh, here we go. This is Green Woman from Outer Space by Mr. Fang in the Dark Tones. We'll see you all again next time. Peace.
Ships of an alien source are approaching from the sky. Radio contact has been attempted but cannot be established. Instructions are to prepare for an attack by an unknown enemy. Mm-hmm. 